hearing about and reading It's about. showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. We're delighted to have you with us. They're driving theater. You'll find something to please you to add to your evening's enjoyment. Please, please, please to bring you our Fifi feature presentation. Station. What up, 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 what's going on, guys? So many. I know. It was a lot of what ups. We are here. It is the drive in speaker box. It is October 3rd, Monday night, 8 o'clock Central Standard Time. You're tuned in. I'm your host, Bo, the boom operator. I'm Slick Doggy the Grip. And uh, spooky season is finally upon us. I uh, haven't gotten the, the the studio fully fully decked out, but Vince over on Twitch has already noticed that there is some spooky stuff in the studio because uh, it is spooky <laughs> season. Uh, it looks like you came dressed uh, dressed I did. to impress. Yeah, yeah I got my my Elvira and my and Elvira and. You're just Elvira'd out. And at a Nightmare on Block Street, which is in full swing right now, we've got uh, two, count them up, two Elvira pinball machines. We've got Elvira and the Party Monsters and the limited edition Elvira House of Horrors that just came out recently. Uh, that one's on loan from a friend. Oh, I need um, to show up and, and do that while you have that one. I haven't got to play that one. Oh, that one's really good. And shout-outs to, uh, if you guys are one of our Twitch viewers, uh, Flip City Pinball. Shout-outs to those guys. Uh, they're Twitch handle is Flip City, I believe, and they uh, they were so gracious to loan us their Elvira uh, House of Horrors pinball for the month uh, because they knew that it would come back in better shape than they than they loaned it to us. Uh, they won't even put that game out on certain certain places, but they'll let let us over at Pinpoint um, uh, take care of that one. So we're pretty excited about that one. Um, yeah. We're here. We've got some movies that we're going to talk about. We're going to be talking about... Um, I went and saw Moon Age Daydream, the David Bowie documentary, uh, two-hour and, two and five-minute-long music video. We're going to be talking about that. I'm kind of jelly. And uh, what did you see? I suffered through the monsters for all of you, and uh, I also watched uh, Hocus Pocus 2, so nothing but uh, remakes and callbacks and sequels and nonsense uh, i tried to watch blonde but it's like three hours long yeah that was on my list of things and and uh yeah i just i just did not have a lot of time this week i mean i've been completely sleep deprived and uh, just exhausted i know that there's been some chat on our discord if you're members of our discord i have not been able to check that out and if anybody sent me a dm or hit hit tried to hit me up in the discord i have just been brained out with getting nightmare on block street up and running uh i've got no more bandwidth but hopefully this week i'll get caught up on some sleep and i'll get be able to focus and and catch some more movies and uh bring that here to the show so uh, we're gonna be talking about that stuff later in the later in the program but tonight uh let's get started with with any news bits uh did you have some one uh, one funny thing i mean we've been talking about werewolf by night a little bit uh here it's the new you know mcu but it's supposed to be shot like an old movie and i and i'm i'm fascinated at how many people are just like floored by the gimmick that they're shooting it like an old they're like yeah it even has cigarette burns and there people are explaining what that is and it's like either that kind of makes me feel super ancient or really up my own ass about like how i mean come on cigarette burns is not that cool you know as an effect um, yeah i mean did does no one remember grindhouse and how they just put all this like oh the film's used uh in that and, and no one really cared um you know what though Marvel doing that leaves it open for DC to do uh, Frankenstein and all of the uh, the horror characters that they have. Uh, and that well, they've got the Blade movie coming out. You know, they've got Morbius and the Blade. Yeah, and- but DC had like Frankenstein and Werewolf and stuff all fighting in like World War Two and stuff. Well, like but that, I wonder so. if I mean if Universal is going to allow it because Universal Studios obviously owns the rights to all of those guys. Um, the Universal Monsters, something that they they continue to uh, Frankenstein's monster. Also, yeah, yeah. sorry about it. 
Um, they, they, you know, Universal, I, you know, they tried to do that dark universe there for a minute, and it didn't really go anywhere. And I guess, you know, Universal's really going to have to do something with it because I don't know how their ownership rights over public domain, because, you know, some of these things are getting into the hundred-year-old territory, uh, getting pretty close. So, I don't know. Um, Velvet Santa asks, isn't Frankenstein public domain? I don't believe it is. Um, I think Frankenstein and Dracula and all of those are still very much Universal Studios productions. Mm. Um, and uh, because Universal Studios is still a thing, they're still a company. Um, well, and, and as far as that dark universe goes, they decided just to scrap that and do everything individually. Um, and Which is a smarter move. Yeah. Stop linking these damn things together. Unless you're going to do Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein and the Werewolf, then I don't want to. I don't want to see these universe crossovers. Don't give them more ideas of things to remake. They don't need to touch uh-uh. Abbott and Costello and their adventures and uh, misadventures and all that. You know they're gonna. But how, how do you? How? They'll just recast it. They get a fat guy and a skinny guy, and uh, and then hijinks ensue. Hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, did you have any other uh, news bits? Uh, well, talking Marvel, uh, you know, there was the Deadpool uh, announcement there. Uh, oh, with, where, the, uh, with Wolverine? Yeah, where Ryan Reynolds was sitting there, and he's uh, talking about Deadpool, and they don't know what to do. And he goes, oh, well, Hugh Jackman, do you want to do Wolverine again? And he's like, yeah, whatever. I guess so. You know, and so everyone's like, oh. Because then that brings... X-Men and Wolverine and everything All officially into MCU more so than Professor X in uh, Doctor Strange. And then in more Marvel news, uh, today there was the uh, new Black Panther trailer. I had I didn't watch it. Like I, I saw the, the, the it's, link. It's and- more of the same, and they try to make the big reveal something that you already knew, uh, which is, you know, Namor is there. And uh, Black Panther is going to gender swap. Uh, you know, it's probably going to be well, sh- duh. We it's going to be Shuri, right? Well, but it was never officially announced, and they danced around it in the trailer. But then there was a Lego that was released uh, last week. I think it came out. There was a Lego box, and it said Shuri as Black Panther or whatever. And so it was kind of like, oh well, the 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 jig is up. And so Marvel was like, oh look at this new trailer, get hyped about it. You know, so uh, there's that going on for anyone that that cares about that kind of thing. Um, Will Smith's first movie after getting uh, his his slap on uh, has its for its trailer. Did you watch that one, too? Yeah. I did. I see. I'm so behind. I don't have anything to contribute. It's like just a hanging app- out and looking cool. It's like an Apple TV trailer uh, for a movie. It's called Emancipation, but based on a true story um, about a uh, escaped slave who joins uh, the Union Army as a soldier, and he has a photograph taken of him of all the scars on his back from his whippings and things like that. And it was like a famous photo and all that. So it's about that man and his journey and things like that. So uh, we'll see how long Will Smith can maintain uh, whatever semi-African accent that he does throughout that trailer. Uh, and This is a story all about how some slave's life got flipped upside down. Is, that, is, that, is that how it goes? <laughs> inappropriate. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we'll see. I mean, maybe we'll see if you have Apple TV. I don't have Apple TV. I don't really care to sign up for it just to have Apple TV things. Just like I don't have Roku. I, I kind of wanted to try it, though, so I could watch. Roku got, like, their own content now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, for forever. Oh, my God. Yeah, the Roku channel, man. That's where the you know, uh, Weird Al movie came out. And I, I really want to watch the Daniel Radcliffe Weird Al it's movie. so hard now to stay... Uh, you know, it's like it, before you just watched movies, right? You just you just watched the movies, and now like you can't just watch movies and talk about movies. You have to go through all these paywalls and services and premium fees, and it makes talking about movies so hard. Like, and you can't even go to the rental store anymore. Like, you you gotta you gotta have you gotta pay for a for subscription to get the Amazon to pay to watch the. Guys, driving speaker box is over. I can't even watch these movies. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, there is a, a ton of it streaming. 
Uh, and talking about uh, movies that are primarily focused on streaming. Uh, well, hold on, real quick. Velvet Santa mentions that it would make sense for Apple TV to do an Oregon Trail movie because everyone played Oregon Trail on an Apple II. I played Oregon Trail on those big nine and a half inch floppies. That and Carmen San Diego, where you'd like put them in and then take them out and put it in, and two seconds later take it out and then put it in so and type the word yes and then pull out and it's like insert disc twelve. Insert disc fifty seven. Insert yeah. disc two. Disc and, and like, disc drives back then always made the best noise. It was like <laughs> something yeah. like everything on the Nostromo. Yeah, it was like ten hours just to answer three questions for Oregon Trail to be like, You died. You're <laughs> like, I hate this game. The best part was shooting the deer. The little deer shooting game. I was born in Carmen San Diego. Oh dude, Oregon Carmen Trail San Diego. That was my game. Too much of a pain. That was my game. That and uh Quest for Glory and Police Quest and Space Quest and King's Quest. Used to be Hero Quest, but then they had to change the name Quest for Glory because uh, Hasbro or Milton Bradley owned the rights to Hero Quest and made the board game and it was a whole thing. But uh, uh, talking streaming and where movies are going for the present and potentially future, uh, it's no secret that comedies have not been really uh, super top of the charts on uh at the movies unless it has an mcu um hulk dick hanging out somewhere so um recently uh there was a bunch of clickbait articles that said billy eichner blames straight people for his movie not doing as well as he wanted but really what it is is that that's not exactly what he said uh and it's just a matter that comedies uh, are not um the the most they're not uh, attractive movies at the theater for people hard anymore. Sell now, and, and we've talked about this before on the show yeah, several times. Recently, all of the most successful comedy movies have also been action and or action adventure movies. Something like it's a comedic action movie, like Jumanji or uh, that one with Sandra Bullock and Daniel Radcliffe um, and Channing Tatum. Recently, whatever that one and was called, uh, Brad Pitt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So things like that, where it's like. It might be some sort of romantic comedy, but it's also action. And then I think romantic comedies are also not exactly the most uh, popular genre, right? After um, the Amy Schumer one happened, right? Uh, that was like a fluke. But the other ones, like things like Fool's Gold or whatever, were like, oh, but there's action involved in it. And McConaughey. I mean, if you're not going to put McConaughey in it, why even bother? You know? Right. So he has a straight rom com, or well, not straight, right? get it uh, but he, he has just a it's a romantic comedy who wants to see that to begin with kind of a thing because it's very plain ish I suppose um, but it did not perform near as well as everyone had intended it to do so um, I think everybody intends for their movie to just I mean, like make all the money. Yeah, they had projected for it to make 8 to 10 uh, upon its opening and all of its uh, critical acclaim and everything like that. And I think it came in somewhere around half of their predictions. Yeah. So, um, everyone's trying to find someone to, to blame for it. Uh, but I think really, uh, based on the uh, articles I read in his tweets, he's just trying to be positive about his movie, which is perfectly fine to do well that, and so. that's you know some the, the problem with uh box office openings and this is something that we've talked about for years and years on the show and now more than ever is it more relevant is that you know terms like flop and box office bomb and all this kind of stuff is are really really terrible for a movie <laughs> on opening weekend regardless of how good the movie actually is mm. you know because those those that language can snowball and drive people away from a movie because they're like oh it flopped it bombed thinking that oh it just must be terrible it's like no just people didn't go out and see it this weekend right um but the the, the way that our our theater uh and just as an audience we the way we consume and throw things away immediately if it doesn't like hit that initial box office uh, opening, then people are just like, yeah, it's trash. Uh, it didn't make any money. According to Worthington's law, it's garbage. Yeah. And, and and that's a terrible that's a terrible thing because now each week like movies are staying in theaters less and less and less and less and less. And then it just gets thrown on some social media or not social media, but streaming platform that you don't have access to. So uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. One, like Vince said, he, he saw things online where people took his comments out of context. And really, so on the Billy Eichner thing, his, uh, his real comments were everyone who isn't a homophobic weirdo should go see bros tonight. Special, he said it was special and uniquely powerful, especially for queer folks who don't get this opportunity very often. And then, uh, he said, that's just the world we live in. Unfortunately, even with, uh, great reviews and scores, Straight people, especially in certain parts of the country, just didn't show up for bros, and that's disappointing. But it is what it is. I, mean, I think he just kind of realizes, he's like, not it's a, it's not a movie for everyone. But uh, he was hoping for more success out of it, and I think that's something that uh, it's unfortunately probably going to get more uh, negative press and find a little bit more opposition in people who weren't going to see it anyhow, but they're going to be more vocal about it because some butthead on the internet decided to be like, guess what this asshole said, you know? So. Uh, bummer for him, but hopefully uh, that's something that uh, it will find its audience and, and have its success in some some way, sometime. One day. One day. Other than that, uh, there wasn't a lot of movie news going on, really. I didn't. Uh, I, yeah, that oh, was not much for me. The, uh, the, the, the woman, and I forgot to write down her name, Little Feather. I can't remember what her first name is. That... Uh, was apologized to by the Academy for when she accepted Brando's award and got booed off the stage. She recently accepted the apology, finally, uh, like last week, and then yesterday died. Whoa. Yeah. So if that teaches you anything... Don't die. Well, yeah, just... uh, uh, don't um, don't give in to the Academy Awards. Yeah, Academy T- Awards. Suck. Tell them to suck it, Sashin. Yeah, thank you, Vince. Yeah, Academy Awards can just eat a butt. They're 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 some of the worst places or people on the planet. But um, yeah, I didn't see a whole lot of news either. It was just a lot of the same stuff that we've been seeing a lot, and just teasers and trailers and garbage. And I, I did see that uh, for the upcoming Black Adam movie that's out in what, like a week, two weeks, mm-hmm. something, something real soon. Um, a lot of people online have found that uh, the Adam Smasher costume and mask are eerily similar to Deadpool and. Uh, now they're really making fun of it and DC just can't <laughs> can't ever seem to score a dubs can't even mm. um let's see what else i guess if i mean not much in the news um there's some movies coming out this weekend though i imagine there are there's um and but not many that's the thing uh terrifier 2 i think that's coming out on the streaming platforms it's a it's a terrifier it's one is this, this clown guy it was kind of a little culty modern culty horror movie it, it's not coming to a the theater near anyone but wide release of amsterdam which we talked about it got a limited release yesterday or last week uh this week it's getting uh finally a wide release so the david o russell film we've been talking about it quite a bit uh, and Lyle Lyle Crocodile is getting its wide release this week. Uh, again, for for children. Well, it's got Javier Bardem and uh, some up and comers uh, that you you know young young people like Sean Mendez. No, um, there's and Winslow Fegley. Uh, lots of young young kids. But uh, that's coming out. Uh, not really something that's on my radar because um, I didn't read the children's book about a crocodile that lives in New York City. Uh, and I also don't like CGI animals doing people things. And, um, yeah, that's coming out. Um, okay. Yeah. So not a lot really coming out. Those two are coming out. There's some other streaming stuff. Um, but it's so hard now to really, uh, sift through what's hitting streaming and what's hitting theaters because IMDb changed the way they do their release calendar and I hate it. Um, and let's see. Uh, well, Vince asked uh, about our Discord chat. He posted an article where a studio, deepfake studio, used 34,000 reference images of Bruce Wells to create his uh, digital twin. Uh, I saw that you posted it. I had not yet had time uh, to look at that, and that's probably something I was going to do while I was sitting at work. Let's check out deep fakes. Well, see the thing about Bruce Willis and how you can create a deep fake and not own the rights to someone's likeness, but you generated the likeness and created it. So there's probably some artistic um, something or another, like artistic license there where you're like, oh, well, yeah, it's not his likeness. It's an AI generated 
likeness that I put together and it's art and you can't take that from me and you can just make someone's uh, face and voice and not have to own it because you made it and I'm sure that there's all sorts of things like that that are just going to uh, uh, continue to be seen. Yeah, that's what that's what we talked about last week with James Earl Jones yeah. is uh, you know we, who who knows what the future holds and who's going to own the rights to it. It's crazy. It's scary. It makes me feel uncomfortable inside. But it's the way of the future. Um, yeah, but that's what all that's coming out on. Uh, that's in, it in theaters. Yeah, there's not much. There's nothing. Nothing. Nothing going on. More opportunities to go watch Smile and never sleep again. Well, it's probably not that scary. You're just a big old chicken. Big old chicken guy. Are you yellow? Chickens are pretty tough, bro. Actually, like those, like those, you know farm ones the one the ones the what's the island in like jamaica or something that's just like all chickens and uh and they're the like feral and they have government the chickens we have at home man ever since i i, I started you know uh dating a, a chicken lady chicken farmer yeah they uh they'll like murder and eat small animals like mice and and snakes and lizards and stuff like that chickens oh. are pretty tough they like they they fight the little things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Night Alishly asked uh, how opening weekend went at Pinpoint. Uh, it's been crazy. It was really good. Uh, right now, we've got an event. I'm sorry. I'm very distracted because I'm getting messages right now because we're doing like a reservation event tonight called Boutique. Um, and as soon as I get done here, I am beelining over there because it's, uh, it's a sit-down reservation kind of experience. And it's the first night, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, a, lot, a lot of, my brains is split into a whole lot of different factions, but it's going well, and uh, I've been having a lot of good feedback, a lot of our, our, our scenes this year, uh, which are movie-related, of course, we've got a big Beetlejuice scene, got a Hellraiser scene, we've got, um, you know, werewolves, of course, we've got Camp Crystal Lake, we've got uh, a Candyman scene, which we've never done, a Harry Potter scene, so lots of lots of really cool you stuff. Just, so. like, have someone in a bee suit, and as soon as they sit down in the Candyman area, they just start piling bees, bees on, on them. You. There are bees. There are bees. And uh, there's a mirror in there, so if you feel up to the task of looking in the mirror and saying Candyman five times, uh, you can do it. Is it five times? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's a lot. That's too many. That gives you enough opportunity to be like, nah, I'm done. I'm like Bloody Mary with only the three times. I see Bloody Mary a lot, but usually it's on Sundays. So, yeah, got to get him. Got to get him in. Um, you should have it where there's a smoke screen and you walk through it. And there really is like a guy with bees and they just put like a beard of bees it's on Oprah people. going, bees! Yeah. The like gif. Just giving everybody bees. <laughs> um, but anyway, so there's that. Uh Let's talk about a movie that came. Let's talk about one of those movies that you saw. Let's talk about. Um, let's talk about Hocus Pocus. Hocus uh, Pocus, because I, I didn't see it, so I'm going to try and figure out what's going on with this reservation system while you talk about Bette Midler. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, fair. All right. Well, uh, so uh, recently released uh, for the month of October and Halloween and everything like that, we were given Hocus Pocus two, much awaited movie. Um, and it disappoints. <laughs> I mean, well, I don't... did you expect literally anything else? No, not at all. Uh, it is definitely a Disney cash grab, and that's very obvious. Um, much like everything else where they try and bring something back, they look at it for just what they can skim from the surface and then take from that and try to uh, just throw it against a wall and uh, see what they can get out of it. Uh, There's even a point in it uh, where they come flying to someone's window and there's two guys sitting there watching the original Hocus Pocus movie. Oh, God. Right. And um, uh, the the whole setup, 
is that there's a group of teenage girls and they've been friends their whole lives until this year because one girl gets a boyfriend and so now she's um, ostracized from the other two because the other two feel ne neglected and like they're, they've been pushed to the outskirts of her friendship uh, zone because now she's super involved with her boyfriend and all of his buddies and stuff and so they're like we can't do our yearly witch ritual for Halloween for the one girl's birthday or whatever um, and spoiler you can see from a million miles away that girl's a witch or whatever but the whole thing is like they're super obsessed with the witch stuff there's some dude that's running the Sanderson sister house as like a magic shop slash tourist attraction slash gift store type thing uh, and you find out what it is is that he was a bullied child on uh, on Halloween and he was the only one that wasn't susceptible to their spell of making all of the children come walking out in their pajamas to be consumed by the witches and so instead which makes no sense because every kid was hypnotized in 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 the entire town uh, he saw them flying after he was bullied and he chased them down and he's like these these women are so cool these witches and he watched them explode in the graveyard and then he he ran to the Sanderson house to see if someone had lit the candle because as a three and a half four-year-old kid he knew the legend and uh, found the spell book and the spell book taught him how to make a new black flame candle oh, right of course so of that's course how they be another one that's how they explain that the sanderson sisters can come back is because the book taught like a, a four-year-old boy how to make a black flame candle right and um they come back because he tricks these teenage girls into lighting it because everyone in the town that's anyone knows that that's like what they do and that's their ritual. These are girls that are best friends with the mayor and best friends with the top tourist attraction dude in town and know everyone but yet are still considered weird. Yeah, great value uh, Necronomicon Velvet Santa says. Book is, is his name. Um and and through through this they resurrect the Sanderson sisters and then you know Halloween chaos in in some sense ensues it's the fun of the first movie is not there the pacing of of uh, of a fun movie isn't there cuz it's just rush 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 and they they try and just use them to threaten the kids but the main focus is definitely um the, the girls and how many lines they can squeeze out of Billy when they make his return. Uh, and it, it kind of ruins it because and the focus is on like this dude who runs this magic shop type thing. Uh, and it's too spread out. There's too many characters. Uh, they try to make everyone a, a comedic character, you know, instead of having like so have a little bit of drama. You know, just have a little bit of drama. Instead of having, like, the cute girl that's from the town and, and her being, like, super serious and the little sister who thinks it's all real and Max who's skeptical but makes friends with Binks and, and like, there's no Binks and it's just... It's dumb. Binks was the heart. Yeah, man. And and Billy was cool, but now Billy's the most talkative character in the world and it kind of uh, takes away from how cool he is and, and nothing against Doug Jones, but... Billy was my favorite character, and now that he has more of a spotlight, he's n not interesting at all, you know? And um, there's too much of the, uh, r like, member berries sprinkled in it, you know? Well, and that's that's just kind of how a lot of these things go. They, they're just always trying to get you to just, just member... Well, member all the stuff, and, yeah, and, and, and to relate it to a new audience, like, that's the problem, is you don't they don't member yeah and you want to break it to a new audience how about tell a new story with a lot of heart and stop trying to just dig up old corpses like billy and kick them <laughs> yeah so they they sprinkle member member berries through it like there's people that are in the exact same costumes as max's parents when they were all hypnotized at the at the town dance right the the band is the same band from the town dance you know um oh, good grief. there's those two guys that are watching a scene from the original um hocus pocus uh, that has all um uh, uh laverne and um what's his name 
Surely. Yeah, no, no. The, <laughs> like, they're two very famous directors, and I can't... Yeah, Penny Marshall and uh, uh, her husband. So, you know, that's what the scene they're watching. But, and they they do these things, but at the same time, they forget everything about that first movie, right? It starts out with the Sanderson sisters as children. Um they are uh, ran into the the forbidden woods and they're just terrified little girls and this witch approaches them and gives them the book right and they're like oh i'm that we're terrified but the witch has given us power so we're going to go wreak havoc on these people uh, that we don't like but then later in the movie they're like oh our mom told us witches would always take over like as if their mom was there but they were orphans and it makes no sense they're given powers that they never had in the first movie which they could have just absolutely destroyed everyone with in the in the first movie and um it, it makes no sense they have no regard for the story that was set up or the lore that's been established or or anything like that but yet they want you to remember it's like so you, do you want us to remember do you want us to forget what are you trying to do in this in this for in this movie even because you've just rewritten what you showed us at the beginning of the movie to have a comment later in the movie it, it's very inconsistent doesn't make a lot of sense and then the payoff of course is that you know the the young girl characters find out that their their friendship can overcome all things if they they reunite with the three of them and, and one of the girls is a very powerful witch and now she controls the book so there's good witches in the world too. Yeah, it's like if if someone, it's like Halloween Town, but but dumber. There it is, and of course they left it open for a sequel with uh, the very end of the movie and a post credit. Well, they scene. have to, and 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 they want to leave it open for a sequel for a new generation of like. Get these old characters out. Get these new things in. Make the hocus pocus. I just saw Dina's comment. Penny Marshall would have made it so much spookier. Yeah. Yeah. Penny Marshall's cool. Didn't she die? Probably. I think Penny Marshall passed. I think she's pretty dead, which would be pretty spooky. Um, Look it up. I know what I'm talking about. Uh, Yeah, she died in 2018. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it wasn't that long ago, but, yeah. She was, she was she was awesome. Sorry, I'm so distracted, guys. Uh, I really brother Gary Marshall. There it is. All right, he's still alive. Yeah, Gary Marshall. I don't know. No, he also died. Yeah, 2016. They're all dead. Those Marshalls. Anyhow, yeah, no, it's not really worth your your time if you like the first one. It might be okay if you've if you're unfamiliar with it and. Yeah, Dina, I, I get that that's the joke. That's why I thought it was funny. So, anyhow, uh, you say something stupid. Uh, boogers. <laughs> you want me to talk about the other movie that I watched? Yes, please. <laughs> hey, uh, welcome to the Slick Doggy Show. So, in addition to the tragic sequel of Hocus Pocus, I watched the very painful, very difficult to watch, and I think I'm the only one... Uh, out of everyone in our Discord that was able to do so, make it all the way through The Monsters. The new Rob Zombie take on The Monsters. Uh, Now, I'm pretty sure I have said before on the show and definitely in our Discord that I am a pretty big Monsters fan. Um, In fact, I spent way too much money to be a part of this VIP Monsters experience um, that all I got was this mug and a uh, a uh, lithograph uh, that was signed by the two remaining you members of the so monsters. You were so mad about Dog. that too. It was oh, it was infuriating. I spent what a ridiculous uh, amount of money. It was a lot, yeah, just to meet the monsters, hundreds of dollars. <laughs> and you get there, and I was like, hey. You know, can you make it out to me? And they're like, you're going to have to come by and pay us more money later if you want us to do that. I'm like, I paid you a lot of money now, and you're not nice people. Like, there was 30 of us. Like, there was only 30 spots They were, like, dedicated super fans. Yeah, but those of us that were willing to pay way too much money to meet Eddie Munster and one of the Marylands. And uh, they were awful. Really just not nice at all. And I was like, 
yo, I'm super into monsters. This is everything I'm into. You know, can you just sign this? And they're like, get lost, kid. You know, and I was like, well, this is heartbreaking, um, as it t- tends to be. Um, but that's whatever. That's neither here nor there. You know, uh, that's none of my business. <laughs> kind of a thing. Uh, so, but anyhow, being someone that I grew up with the monsters, and I was definitely more into the monsters than uh, anything else, like Adam's Family or, or whatever. Monsters was my jam. Like that's what I was into. I was an Adam's Family kid. I, I liked them both. Yeah, I never really got into the monsters, and and you know, uh, despite being distracted tonight, like I did try to watch the monsters. This That's what week. I'm saying. It's very and I was difficult. super tired. I was super exhausted. And I fell asleep like moments after they f- went on their first date. Like, um, okay. and I was like, boom. And I was out. Okay. So. Dina said she watched the whole thing. Uh, and that I guess kids like it. There's no way that anyone likes this movie. Like, unless they, they showed it to like disabled children that have like a, a like a learning I don't have a nice way to say this there's no way man there's no way that anyone like this um, the weird thing to me was the color palette like I get like it's wild and it's like I read super, a thing about that and I wished it had been black and white like it, so Rob Zombie came out and he said that the studio told him he wasn't allowed to make the movie in black and white it would have looked so good with all that contrast so he like, said that since he was not permitted to make the movie in black and white he decided to go overboard with the colors yeah now there are a few people that have said the only positive thing they've had to say about the movie is i liked the colors like that's the nice thing that they've had to say about. well and i also wish that they had put some sort of like film filter on it if they were going to make it wild and colorful like it just looks so hd motion blur filter added yeah delay. It's, there's it there's just, there's nothing good about any of of that part uh velvet santa says the original eddie munster should have been the surprise villain you're right i met him he was a butthole he is a he's butt a villain butthole man he's not yeah butch whatever not a cool dude uh apparently he was in hot springs not long ago for like uh he's got a lot of friends in arkansas a tattoo well not me I he, tried. I he, tried to he, be your actually, friend. Actually, I think he might even have a house somewhere outside of Central Arkansas. I'm gonna go put a flaming bag of doo doo on the doorstep. Um, but he uh, lots of green. You're right, Al. Yeah, he's he's not cool. So th- this movie, Rob Zombie decided to make it the unwanted, unnecessary, no one asked for it origin tale of Herman Munster. Right, so uh, Grandpa and Lily are, are but his origin story is he's a Frankenstein. Yeah, he's a Frankenstein's monster. We know not made by Frankenstein, and with the same stuff, it's just like don't get the dumb brain. Yeah, and the and the whole thing is that yeah the the Igor character whose name isn't Igor because that's the name of Grandpa's bat who turns out isn't a bat but instead is a man with wild hair. Uh, who Grandpa turned into a bat, and they're like, oh, let's just leave him this way. Uh, sorry to spoil the end of the movie, because that's as far as it gets. Um, but it's, it's they, they build Herman, they present him on a, on a nighttime talk show, he embarrasses Very the doctor. Very putting on the Ritz. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that would have been way better. Uh, young Frankenstein's the best. But he, um, he embarrasses the doctor, and but then Lily's like, I want to bang that undead guy. Hell yeah. And um, then he becomes a... Um, like a rock and roll club scene dude. Yeah, he becomes a rockabilly star in Transylvania's underground. And, um, oh, man, it's so... And then, and then like, Lily tries to backstage Betty him. Yeah. And then, and then he's just like, boing, 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 boing. I got to... Get with this chick, and then I fell asleep. And yeah, okay. <laughs> so basically, that's the entire plot of the movie. But there's this running subplot that Lily has a werewolf brother, so that they can explain how like Eddie, the sleazy yeah. Eddie Munster is a thing. Because I guess Grandpa has a recessive uh, werewolf, werewolf gene. gene. And um, I, I meant to ah, I meant to bring my werewolf doll. He's downstairs. I'm like not, Eddie has. Yeah, I have one. Oh, that's cool. I have one. In um, here. I but, could run down and get it really quick you want but uh the whole thing is that her 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 idiot brother uh, is in massive debt to a i I don't want to say gypsy but 
a, a Romani fortune teller. No, I feel like that's no, it's like a gypsy. A sign. Just, just yeah, say it's, it's, it's a gypsy. This is a fake world, and it's nonsense, and yeah. there's nothing in uh, Transylvania about it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a gypsy, right? There's not a better word for it in in the sense of this movie, right? So she's like. I guess stereotypical. Wow, it's not okay. Okay, yeah. There's nothing okay about this movie. Uh, she controls a lot of money and makes people owe her money and stuff like this. And uh, she has him trapped. And on Lily and Herman's wedding, he has Herman sign over Grandpa's castle. And they never explain how he's legally allowed to do that. Um, and then they decide they're just going to up and move to California because Herman could be a star. Uh, they move to California. They live there for uh, 12 hours. They meet Elvira um and then the movie ends so you get open for a sequel Mm. Uh. you you get the origin of herman the origin of spot which is also I unfortunate. Kind of you, you wake up because I was, I heard spot noises yeah. and I heard Lily go, "See, he's perfect." And then I was like, <sighs> "So you see all of Spot? You get to see his entirety, and, that, and not just his head, not just his face, or not just his tail, but now you see Spot, and that kind of ruins it, yeah, a little bit." Yeah, elderly child on Twitch says the vampire she goes on a date with at the beginning was kind of pretty funny. That was Orlock. I mean, that's just the Nosferatu, uh, and he was like a big freaking nerd. You know, I remember that scene. He had the pet rats, and he like had the DJ, the vampire DJ night. Um, his makeup was really good. Um, Dina said people have been changing the movie to black and white. It's not hard to do. the The color filter isn't going to save the acting. No, it's. Pretty rough, pretty rough stuff. So the monsters was always kind of cartoony, and that's part of the fun of it. But they are cartoon caricatures of cartoon caricatures of horror movie things. And I don't know. I feel like I'm not being very fun in this mm-hmm. review mm-hmm. at all. Be- mm-hmm. But there's mm-hmm. there's nothing mm-hmm. there for me to be able to mm-hmm. talk positively mm-hmm. about. I guess it was. It it took me. I had to pause and get up and walk away and come take back. Take a breath and, and reassess your <laughs> life. Like I'm really glad that this wasn't like a theatrical release and it was something I could oh, get up god. and walk away from. Oh god! If I went to the movie theater and saw that, oh, I would have like, oh uh, man, it was bad. It's real. I mean, I know I was extra tired. I know I was extra, but I can usually, if it's a movie, I'm like focused. I'm in on it, but it just yeah. I, I mean, do it. the 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 hyper colors were bad. I'm sure changing it to black and white might help from the distraction of that, but it would probably make some of the things yeah, difficult knew. to see in it. Um, the 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 acting in it. One of our viewers commented. They just want to know what Rob Zombie's wife was trying to do with Lily's voice. Like, yeah, she was I mean, trying that, to Elvira it. I think a little bit because because no. the way that Elvira's but Elvira does Elvira. And Elvira's a a valley girl goth chick. Yeah, and, and, and she Lily Munster was like, <laughs> and, and that, it, yeah, it, was it, weird. it wasn't Lily at all. Velvet Santa asks, "Was Dracula in it?" No, because you see the you see Dracula get built in what episode three of the mm-hmm. of the no that's the monster mobile the the coach you get to see the coach Dracula doesn't show up until an episode or two later because Herman loses the coach and Grandpa builds Dracula to win a race to get the coach back. Yeah, see, the TV the show is so much more fun. The TV show is nothing but comedy and fun. Uh, and well, because it's it puts exciting. you in situations that need resolutions, and you get quick resolutions in comedy, comedic ways. That's how sitcoms work. This was nothing and, but high pitched voice Herman, who's not very tall, and you can see his platform shoes clear as day, which kind of ruins the whole thing. And Grandpa hates Herman, which ruins the whole show because in the show, Grandpa and Herman are like best friends and they're always scheming and and they they always have something that the two of them are up to and they know they have to hide it from Lily because she's just gonna uh, not approve yeah just just like be not cool about it and uh, the show was fun 
this movie has nothing fun. There's there's no cool cars. There's no big dragon. There's no Eddie Munster. Uh, you know, there's no Marilyn. Uh, this movie leaves no explanation for how Marilyn exists. They show you that they invent the name Herman Munster. He's the only Munster until Lily marries him. And then from there, how does Marilyn come about? Marilyn is a Munster. She's Marilyn Munster, and she's part of their family, and there's no explanation for it now. Also, they make the Munsters rich. They turn them into the Adams family at the end of the movie. Yep. So Herman starts to go to his job, which he works in the show because he works as a grave digger in the show, and he gets offered a job at the funeral home, but then bails on his job and then becomes rich two seconds later. It doesn't. I think Rob Zombie got. Add up. I think he got confused and he wasn't a hundred percent on what he was doing. Maybe and, maybe he thought he was going to make the Adams family, and then he gets on set and he's like, "Oh wait, this is uh, what am I doing here?" Yeah, I'm just throw this together. I mean, it's a it's a brand new movie, and the collector's editions for sale for twelve dollars at Walmart. So I mean, what does that tell you? There you go. Um, <laughs> AB throwing a comment out there on Facebook uh, Live saying Herman and Grandpa were police buddies in Car 54. Where are Car 54? Where are you? That's yeah. that, that, so, I watched, watched that when I was a kid on TV Land. Basically, in Munster's history, in the in the amount of disappointment, it goes from the the, the movies in ascending order as as they get newer, and then meeting the Munsters in real life for me, and then watching this movie. This movie is more disappointing than actually meeting Eddie and Marilyn and have them tell me to to piss off. Sounds about is. right. I was I was upset and it was dumb and I hated it. Well, there and you I go. Don't recommend it whatsoever under any circumstances. The Munsters. No cool music, no George Barris cars. Nothing fun. We knew it wasn't going to be good. Yeah. Um, so with that said, let me go ahead and talk to you about a movie that was good. Um, <laughs> I went and saw uh, the new uh, Moon Age Daydream. Moon Age Daydream. You know, you've got... Uh, it's named after the David Boats. Uh, Did they add more times? Because when I tried to watch it last week... They didn't was like have a lot of times. Three yeah. showings, and they were all inconvenient. Um, so this was directed by Britt Morgan... Uh, Brett Morgan, and it, um, you know, he did, he produced uh, the Cobain montage of Heck, and, um, you know, some uh, some other stuff, really likes music things, uh, and, and he was a really good choice for this um, film, because this film, while being kind of a documentary-ish sort of thing, it's more of like a, <laughs> as it says in its own, um, you know, pitch line it's a cinematic odyssey exploring david bowie's uh creative and musical journey uh it is it was sanctioned by the bowie estate so there's a lot of really cool archival footage and interviews and stuff that hasn't been seen and it um you know this is a movie i went to exhausted and watched every bit of it did they say that they made it where it's basically bowie narrating his life the way that they did the footage and stuff and it's incredible. Mm. Um, you know, you do not have to love David Bowie uh, to just get completely entranced by this music. It's it's a two hour music video. But if you don't like Bowie, who are you? Like, well, what's, honestly, what's yeah. honestly, if you don't like Bowie, something is in, inherently wrong with your system. And uh, you know, some people don't know that they like Bowie. You know, they'll they'll. Uh, I think you know. I was explaining this movie. I was like, I'm going to go see this movie. And they're like, ah, you know, I don't really know a whole lot of David Bowie songs. And you just start humming or listing songs. Oh, yeah, and like, no, oh, that, 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 that. And you're like, yes, David Bowie. And, <laughs> you know, it's so, he's so good. And Like when we took our buddy to see Tears for Fears and he was like, oh, that was these guys? Yeah. That song's them? What? I didn't know that was these guys. And like for 45 minutes of back-to-back bangers, yeah. our friends were like, holy shit, Tears for Fears rules. And I was like, yes, you just didn't put it together. And this is this movie. You know, you, you see, like, you realize how magical David Bowie is as a space human that didn't belong on this planet and somehow ended up here and managed to make the world a better place. Um, And, you know, as a David Bowie fan, watching this movie, 
you you don't really again you get a deeper appreciation of how absolutely incredible this guy was as a human being um probably not the coolest like human to be a friend with he seemed like he was very just That's like just rock and roll dude yeah you know he seemed like always doing something always creating something always on the move one thing i didn't know about david bow is he never really bought a house hey thanks uh, for the hey pp good father <laughs> pay pay um i didn't really realize this about david bowie but he never really um in one of the things he said he's like I, I never bought a house i never wanted to own a house i never want to live in one place for very long because then i feel like i'm not getting a good glimpse of what the world has to offer so he'll go to a place he'll go to a place that makes him uncomfortable he's like i he moved to la because he hated la and he's like i want to go there and 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 immerse myself in this thing and, and, and learn a new and, and push myself and make myself uncomfortable because if I'm not if I'm comfortable then I'm not creating and I'm not being creative and I'm not thinking about my world in a different way and I'm like oh my god hell yeah dude because like a, this guy was just so passionate about his art and you see a lot of his paintings in these films and a lot of his performances because he, he did Broadway and he did he just never stopped creating and this, this movie just throws it all into this just audio visual feast that never stopped being interesting to watch and hear and experience and uh yeah go see this freaking movie if you get a chance to see it um mclean says he was literally the man who fell to earth like 100 percent. do they um, have like a part of, about labyrinth where he's just telling george lucas like no no dude he was the babe i'm gonna be bowie he was the babe what babe dance magic dance babe with the power the babe with the power um, you know, he, he's just, I don't know how, if you, you, David Bowie, it's, it's David Bowie It's in his eyes. And you like, look at the eyes and you're just like, this is the coolest guy on the planet. Like how, how does it get cooler than David fucking Bowie? He doesn't. And, uh, but it's also very sad. And sometimes cause you just, you know, he's dead and you know how it ends. I don't know. I mean, uh, Velvet Santa asks if they have a segment dedicated dancing in the streets. Does it show him and Mick Jagger? I bet it does Mick not. Sh- that I is bet one. Mick Jagger clip. was cooler than Bowie. It did not show any of that. They they, they, they kind of scrubbed over his um, the the album that '80s album that was really it did it did address it. The one that had like Let's Dance do 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 do, and dance the blues. You know, it did it did that. And it was talking about how he, you know, he had taken a little break, and then he he wanted to make something that made people feel good. And so he was like, you know, this is this is not a complicated album. He, he's like, this is the easiest album I've ever written. But he's like, I want it to feel good. I want it to be happy. I want it to bring joy. And it kind of glossed over the dancing in the streets and a lot of the trench coats and you know the it, fun stuff. And it did it did show like. A period of his, you know, where he was in a lot of Pepsi commercials and this, like, you know, was he selling out? And a lot of his big fans were like, what? What is this? You know, um, but how David Bowie really addressed that and, and his reasonings behind it. I just can't talk about this movie enough without just saying how cool it was um, because you just I went home and I just I was listening to David Bowie for the rest of the day. Yeah. Because, man, like I said, I'm jealous. I, I Man. Yeah. I ended up with no time this weekend to do anything that I wanted to, and that was another thing I wanted to do, just like last week. You know, there's there's like three showings at one theater in our area, and it makes it very difficult to find one that works. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, um, I, I, I didn't, it didn't sh- play any of the music from my favorite David Bowie song, which is the... Uh, the cat, cat, yeah, you know, you know my favorite David Bowie song. Cat People's a good one. God, with gasoline. Yeah, the opening yeah. to Cat People is just epic. Uh, yeah, uh, did it play just China Girl on repeat? No, it didn't play any China Girl. What? Yeah, or no, maybe it did. I think it did. I think it did. Just for like a second. There's just, I mean, it's two hours of David Bowie songs. Can't get away. And you're without. like, it oh, didn't play oh, this one. Oh, it didn't play oh, this one. Oh, oh, oh. You can't get away without that. There was just not enough. There was enough time. It could have that could have been a four hour movie, and I would have sat there just like, yeah, dude, more, more. I would have been the meme, more. more you know, yeah, just Kylo Ren in it. So I'd have been Kylo Ren with like a red lightning bolt on my face, just going more. <laughs> yeah, um, that's awesome. But anyway, um, Moon Age Daydream. It's in some theaters out there. It's not 
in a lot of them. I think oh. last week. I need to make it where I can go watch it. 675 theaters. It's in 675 theaters as of this last week. I need so, to carve out time. Sometime. It's a theater movie. I want to see it in the theater so I can hear Bowie's music on theater on, speakers. Yes. Yeah. That, that was the coolest part. Like, when the first track hit and you're sitting in a oh but they don't play cat people cat people would have been so epic in a movie theater sound setting i know i know but what are you gonna do um that's moon age daydream it's in theaters uh right now you can check it out if you have it in your area and if you do go see it because if you don't then we'll never get stuff like that in our theaters ever again don't watch dumbass streaming movies like i had to go watch a fun movie in the movie theater Mm-hmm. okay speaking of movie theaters let's hit that box office um we're gonna give you the top 10 movies in america like we always do these are domestic numbers because domestic numbers are the ones that the studios care about the most and they're where the reason we get sequels and all this kind of stuff. So uh, Jake's going to give you the top ten movies in America from the weekend of September 30th through October 2nd, 2022. Take it away, Jake. Let's do it. All right. So coming in at number ten. Shocking to see this one at number ten. Still number ten, though. In its nineteenth week of release. Top Gun, Maverick, still hanging in there in the top ten. And with no new movies coming out this week, might be the time to go see Top Gun, Maverick if you haven't seen it already. Or watch it again because last week... They're going to hit 20 weeks and then just close it out. Hell yeah. Last week it brought in uh, $1.2 million and its domestic total is 713 It's well into a billion dollars worldwide. Uh, I can't say enough good things about it. I really liked it. I thought it was a good movie. I had a fun time. Loved every second of it, uh, except for the lack of Kenny Loggins. Um, I didn't love every second of it. Well, I'm I am exaggerating now. It was a good movie. It had good parts. I liked I liked enough of it. Uh, I have fond memories of that movie. See, it's been out for 20 weeks. I watched it on the first week, and I'm just remembering all the fun stuff. Yeah, there was there was some there. I had my issues. You can go back 20 weeks on the driving speaker box and probably hear a few yeah. of our complaints anyhow it's good go watch it uh coming in at number eight surprisingly still hanging into the top 10 in its 10th week did of you say release. number nine yeah dc Wait. super pets no did i say eighth yeah you said i meant eight. ninth yeah because it was number eight yes it was in its ninth week dc super pets brought eight, in nine nine eight eight nine one and a quarter million dollars bringing its domestic total up to 91.6 hey it's actually getting up there somewhere i bet it's probably got its budget back at least at, at that least, point yeah uh 10 weeks is longer than we expected with its downward spiral that it had been doing uh well sorry everyone that i said eight instead of nine i was we got it two we're on numbers track. at we're once on track uh, see they're side by side numbers it's it's tough okay uh coming in at number eight dropping from number seven you see how confusing that can be and it's ninth week of release eight seven nine see you get it's, it's all jumbled yeah bullet train bringing in one and a third million dollars bringing its domestic total up to 101.26 million uh doing a great job that one is a fun movie i did like every second of that movie that yeah, was that was, that a, was good, a fun one that was a fun ride we walked in thinking it was going to be dumb the trailers looked really stupid and it turned out it's actually good and a lot of fun uh coming in at number seven with a steep drop uh barbarian surprising considering it's going into in october, october. Still made a ton of money for only a in its movie, only in its fourth week uh, brought in just under three million at two point eight two, uh, bringing its domestic total up to thirty three point one million dollars. So yeah, not bad for a horror movie. But it, I've I've heard nothing but good things since its release. A lot of good reviews. Surprised to see yeah going into October that it would uh, not have some sort of. Um, of uh, I think uptick. Everybody went and saw a different horror movie. Um, That's true. So. They did. Yeah. Uh, and then opening at number six, Punyin Selvan. Sounds like a movie that I probably would have watched. Uh, it's only in 500 theaters, though. Right. I don't know if we got it here. Brought in a total of $4 million in its opening week. Uh, so good for it. Yeah. I mean, it really, considering how, how few theaters it was, it crashed. Yeah, good to see foreign films uh, in the mid-range of the top ten. 
killing it. Yeah, Grips Foreign Films. There we go. And then opening at number five, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Billy Eichner is not super stoked about it, but it seems like he's positive uh, that there will be some sort of um, sustained viewing there. Uh, Opening at $4.85 million, bros. There it is. So at five, we'll see how that one goes. Uh, Coming in at number four, a movie in its second week of re-release and however many years of it being out and sitting on people's DVD shelves, Avatar brought in $5 million. And it's, I thought, I was like, okay, okay. It'll be a fluke. It did good at the theater. All right. Next week, whatever. Made another $5 million this week. $5 million. What the hell? So in its two weeks. Yeah. Just shy of 19 million brought back in by Avatar. Like, can can we stop with that? 13 years ago. And it's not a good movie. It wasn't a good movie when it came out. I mean, it's technically an interesting movie because it was te- technologically, it was cool because yeah, people James have Cameron sex and, with their hair. I mean, well, yeah, blue floating island native Navi, Navi, whatever people. It's, and and Vince and 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 Twitch over he he just said uh, it is all caps not a good movie. Like I've still never watched Avatar. It's, what? Yeah, never watched it. Don't go to the theater and watch it. Well, I mean, do. I mean, it's an well, IMAX. I, man, you, got, you, it's like you could go see like what the whole hubbub was I've about. I've seen all the parts of... Uh, I've seen Fern Gully. I've seen uh, 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 Pocahontas. I've seen the power loader in Aliens. Well, yeah, you pretty much saw the movie. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. I mean, what, what do I need? The power loader is super rad. Sigourney Weaver's cool. She's, you know, get off my ship, you <laughs> bitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Leave Newt alone. Leave Newt alone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Aliens rules. Um, that's a good James Cameron movie. Go watch that instead. Hey, and then moving on, <laughs> coming in at number three, and it's third week of release from TriStar 333. Watch out. Uh, the Woman King brought in $6.8 million, bringing its domestic run total so far up to $46.5 million. So, not so bad. Not so bad. Not so bad. Uh, and then coming in at number two in its second week. Did I review this? Don't worry, darling. Yes. Yes, last week. Okay, I did. Yeah, see, I am just all over the place. Yeah. Uh, so, Don't Worry, Darling brought in six point eight. Five million dollars, bringing its domestic total up to thirty-three point three five. So, probably not as much as they were wanting to get Hoping out of for, it with all of their hype, because that's a big time. Now I remember super hype movie with all their big stars and their and the their drama. Per- perceived drama and generated drama and all that stuff. Procedurally um, generated drama. Oh yeah, it was different every time. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but you know, it's still it's still it's still out there. And with no new movies coming out this week to speak of, there you Except go. Except for the David O. Russell film, which, again, not a big box office draw, but probably going to be a very good movie because mm. it's David O. Russell. What are you going to do? Maybe so. We'll see. <laughs> but then number uh, one. But then number one, uh, repping the October creepy, spooky, scary movie thing in its first week of release, bringing in $22.6 million, beating the just absolute crap out of every movie. Yeah, it really did. In the top ten, smile. Everyone just wanted to be scared for the rest of their lives. How do you leave that movie in when someone's like, hey, and you're like, get the hell away from me, Yeah, dude. Friendly people, no! Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm already like that. Yeah, you are already like that. Why'd that guy smile at me? Why do you even talk? Why do we wave? Why is that person friendly at me? Uh, but anyway, that's your top ten. Uh, they're out there. You can check them out. You can go see Avatar f- for whatever reason. Um, be sure. Do your thing. The Bros is out there. Uh, the Woman King is out there. Don't worry, darling. We've reviewed a lot of these movies on the show. If you want to like and subscribe down here on our Facebook Live, our Twitch, or yeah. our YouTube, you can check out old episodes. Uh, I think YouTube probably has the biggest archive of saved episodes, so you can check that out. 
uh, or you could slide into our DMs on our Discord. Get it, get in there. There's we've got a, a nice little community of of viewers that are sitting there chatting and talking about movies together. So you can be a part of our Discord when we're not here on Monday nights, and you can always download these to go wherever you download your podcasts. So you can get on that Spotify, that Apple Podcast. Although I think I need to update my my something or another to make sure that we're still on Apple Podcasts because they change like every year just because Apple planned obsolescence. That's how Apple works. But anyway, anything else, uh, Jake? I mean, uh, oh, 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 hang on here for our local viewers. I gotta, I, I'm, I'm gonna be a butthole if I don't say this. Um, so if you live here in the Northwest Arkansas area, uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas, uh, Nightmare on Block Street, we are bringing two screenings of Arkansas-produced horror films here to uh, Mount Sequoia. So we're going to be taking over Bailey Hall. We're going to be doing some film screenings. Uh, the first one's this Wednesday, October 5th, and tickets are about the exact same price as going to see a movie, about, uh, I think, $15, and you get complimentary adult beverages. It's like I mean, hey. Okay. All right. So there's some enticement. That's right. You get a Fossil Cove. You get a, get a, some free beer. Um, I can say that here. I know I can't advertise that out on Facebook. We're total, there's free beer. Like uh, Anyway. But the first one we're going to be screening is Door in the Woods, which has been uh, directed. Oh, that produced. was a, a local movie. Yeah, it was here, shot here in uh, Northwest Arkansas. You visited uh, the set of that movie, didn't I you? I did because my friend um, produced it, and a friend of mine was the, the, the DP on it. Um, it's it's actually a pretty good, pretty spooky. It's about this uh, this couple. They're a, a you know a re- relatively young couple. They have a kid. They're moving into this new house, this new neighborhood. They go hiking and they find this door in the woods. It's like an a, an old ratty door, and it's like got some chains and stuff on it. It looks all beat up and kind of burned, but it's a, a really interesting antique door. And and the wife is just like, oh, look at this cool antique door. We should you know they're remodeling their home. She's like, let's bring it, let's bring it home. And they they paint it, restore it, and put it in like their their hallway because um, it's a cool. It fits in the closet door, but something's on the other side of the door. And of course, uh, yeah, I mean it had chains in the woods. Yeah, and uh, it's uh, you know I'll leave it at that. But it's actually a pretty fun, pretty spooky movie. It was shot right here in Fayetteville, Arkansas. And then also on October, uh, I want to say the following Wednesday, uh, whatever that whatever that is. Let me. Uh, let me look at my calendar here. Uh, it's the 12th, uh, October 12th, doing another one, which is Ghost of the Ozarks, which was shot here in Northwest Arkansas. And before that, it is going to be the short film directed by Tyler Horn, who uh, has been on our show before. It's called Flight, which I did the sound for him. Uh, so that's going to be on the beginning of that one. So tickets are available. You can uh, go to nightmareonblockstreet.com, look under events, or you can go to the Arkansas Cinema Society website. Just Google ACS, Arkansas Cinema Society, and get tickets for those screenings. One night only. So uh, October 5th and the following Wednesday, October 12th, right here. So part of Nightmare on Block Street. There you go. All right. Well, that's it. That's all the time we got. We're going to get out of here. I got to get back to Nightmare on Block Street. We got boutique going on right now. And, uh, yeah, it's spooky seasons in full effect, you guys. So, any parting words there, uh, Mr. Jake? Uh, All right. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds good to me. As you leave we'll the see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in. Don't let this happen to your car. Be sure to remove the speaker before you leave. If you should accidentally pull a speaker loose, please turn it in at our snack bar or box office. Thank you.